Great. Yes. Are you nervous? We do the uh, actresses show up. <laughs> They're here. Okay, good. Oh, great. <laughs> I got good news and bad news. <laughs> Had an opportunity and, and thought I could go get paid. All right, so here with Derek Jar. Derek, how you doing, buddy? Great. So, Derek, we've known each other since, what, 2008? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, and uh, doing real estate together, we met. Um, I was doing some lending. You were doing some investor remodels and flips. Is that right? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. All right, cool. So I just wanted to uh, invite you down here, um, have a little little session with you and just kind of get caught up. You know, we were, we were talking previously about, um, you know, kind of what to expect in here and how to... Uh, you know how to game plan this thing and I think just like a lot of things we do uh, not a lot of game plan and a lot of uh, shooting from the hip so you ready to go yeah for sure let's All let right. it roll great so Derek why don't you just catch us up um, you know I know that when we met in 08 you, you've been in Arizona for a little bit but you're originally from North Carolina is that right yeah I was born in Wisconsin and uh, grew up in North Carolina uh, moved out to California uh, in uh, late 90s and then uh, to Arizona in 1999 okay so what was the, uh, from Wisconsin to North Carolina, you were pretty young, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was five when I moved to North Carolina. Okay. My mom uh, got a job and moved there. Okay. And what was the, okay, so you moved for a job and then you went to school in North Carolina, right? Yeah, grew up in North Carolina, uh, grew up in Chapel Hill, so uh, a, lot big, uh, a lot of people said you like Duke and we hate Duke, uh, so big Tar Heel fan. Um, and yeah, I grew up, uh, my parents got divorced when I was really young and my mom uh, was a nurse and Worked a lot and uh, moved to North Carolina for a new job and ended up uh, playing a little bit of football in high school and, and uh, fortunate to go play in college for a little while, Appalachian State. So our claim to fame was uh, beating Michigan in the Blue, ha or Blue House, Big House, whatever they call it up there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I did that and then uh, got the entrepreneurial bug at a young age, um, 19 years old, ended up dropping out of college and uh, my parents uh, weren't the most excited that I left football and left college, uh, but uh, I decided to jump in and uh, try out the old entrepreneurial game. Right, right. So what, uh, so you had some success obviously playing football in high school, what, what uh, why Appalachian State? Well, I probably want to go someplace else, you know, when I was in high school, uh, the movie Rudy came out, so I had those aspirations of uh, going to uh, South Bend and painting my, uh, have a golden helmet, but uh, wasn't quite that good, so ended up going to Appalachian and uh, walked on. And uh, yeah, I mean, we weren't, it was a smaller school at the time. We didn't have the notoriety that, we, that the school now does, but um, so yeah, so I picked that school. You created the notoriety? Uh, definitely not, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, I was, uh, what do they call it? I was uh, All-American uh, Scout Team, I think. Yeah, so, nice. uh, which, is, which is one step above practice dummy. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So in high school, any, uh, any entrepreneurial aspirations? I mean, was, what, what were you doing for work? You know, obviously going to school, but uh, playing football, doing that kind of stuff. Were you, did you have a job? Were you, were you trying to figure out something entrepreneurial or did this, could this come up later in life? Um, you know, I was always trying to sell something. I remember as a young kid, I actually told uh, my boys the other day, like I remember uh, having uh, the, the Kool-Aid uh, flavor packs and putting sugar in them and bringing them to school and sell them to kids uh, in elementary school. <laughs> um, so nothing too harmful, you know, just a little bit of sugar uh, for elementary school, which was fun. And then, you know, selling baseball cards and different things. Um, but I was always looking for ways to make money and things I could sell uh, through high school for sure. Yeah, t teachers loved it when you brought that sugar in, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they didn't know. At least yeah. I didn't think they did. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the baseball card you made the most money on? Oh, I don't know. I think you know it was right around the Bash Brothers. Uh, so Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, uh, the Bash Brothers. Yeah. You know? So uh, it's probably one of those guys. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's right around the time Bo Jackson comes out. He's got the baseball bat behind him. He's got the, the pads on, the black and white, something like that. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. That's legendary. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I grew up around that same time. I think I'm a little bit. I'm I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 42. Coming up on 43. How old are you? Yeah, um, I'm one year older than you. Oh, you're older. Yeah, one year. Thank God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just look older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a beard. <laughs> so uh, awesome. So you're 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 investing in, in baseball cards and sugary water. Uh, you get into high school. You get, into, get a little football pop, and you go to Appalachian State. Yeah. And is it is it the normal college life? Is it is it is it uh, you know, going to school, going to parties, playing some football, or are you are you are you starting a grind at that point? Kind of, what's your what's your mindset, or where's your head at there? Well, I, I got lucky. You know, I found found sports. You know, I was watching sports with my dad growing up and everything, and, and and so in high school, I feel I had some discipline towards the sport. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a, a celebrity maybe at the at the high school level, and and so I grind. I was a gym rat. You know, I'm not the I'm not the big. I played offensive line, so I'm about uh, six foot one on a good day. And um, so I, I lived in the gym and lifted a lot of weights and, uh, and then went to college and, uh, you know, just, just kept working on, out, trying to, be, trying to be good at what we're doing. But I realized early that, you know, college is a whole different level. I mean, it's, it's, it's a business for real. It's serious. And, uh, you know, there's not many, too many six-foot uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. So I, yeah. I decided to, to take a different path from there. Yeah. So how long did you actually stay at school? Uh, three semesters, uh, pro- probably only two, uh, but uh, <laughs> physically I was there for three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think actually my third semester of my biology class, I think I went like four or five classes. Uh, the first one, uh, I think the, 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 maybe the second one, like the third test, and then I was kind of done after that. So. And so do you, where is Appalachian State? What, what? It's in Boone, North Carolina. Boone. It's Boone, Daniel Boone. Oh shit. Yeah, Blue Ridge uh, Parkway, Blue Ridge Mountains. So yeah. All right. So you're in North Carolina. You're in Boone, North Carolina, small town. I'm assuming. Yeah, very small. Right. Yeah. So you get through get through a year and a half of school, realizing it's not the right fit for you. So what's what's the next steps? Well, kind of going back to the entrepreneurial bug, I actually got uh, introduced to uh, direct sales, uh, kind of network, multi level marketing, um, and during my uh, freshman uh, summer of college. And uh, so I saw a big pyramid and I was like, Are you kidding me? Like you know, you can like sell things and make money, and then recruit people to sell things and make money, and you can make money, and yeah. so uh, I kind of bought into that hook, line, sinker. I think a little bit, and and that's actually what uh, led me to drop out of school. Was I saw an opportunity to work in the in the multi level marketing uh, industry, um, and uh, met a met a guy who's probably one of my biggest mentors, or first mentors in business. Um, didn't really meet him directly because this company was so big. Uh, this guy's name was Bill Gould. And uh, I'll have to show you some old video clips, but this guy was just a magician. I mean, mm-hmm. he was just magic from the stage and everything. But just, but, but in all sincerity, was was really about like what the American dream is about and what does it mean to own a business and have financial freedom and uh, control your own destiny. And I don't know why, but at 19 years old, I just it just kind of hit me. Yeah. And uh, so had an opportunity and and thought I could go get rich. So I was like, well, school will always be here. I'm gonna go try this out and. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so I dropped out. What were you selling? What was the first thing you were selling on this, on this, uh, MLM? Yeah. Well, so the first deal I got into was, a, a it was a, a long distance phone company, uh, deal. You'd sign people a long distance phone company and we had landlines and you get like, you know, a, a half a penny over every minute they talked or something, mm-hmm. some crazy thing like that. 
And, uh, and then I got into something that I felt was more uh, durable goods of like lotions and potions and weight loss pills. So uh, we were selling uh, weight loss pills and, and uh, all natural hair care, skin care, and uh, had a water filtration line. Uh, so this was, um, let's see, this would have been in 1996. So think about, you know, that's a long time ago, 24 years ago, but water filtration, you know, there was like hardly even bottled water back then. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was trying to convince people that they needed uh, water filtration and uh, they should lose some weight and use all natural shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you're 19 years old. You're still in Boone, North Carolina doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bill Gould, is it, it was yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bill so Gould, Bill yeah. is, is, he's in North Carolina. He's in Boone or is he a traveling? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, sorry. Yeah. He, he was, he was like the, he was the wizard. Uh, yeah. He was on top of the pyramid for sure. Gotcha. He was based out of Las Vegas, but he had houses everywhere, you know, throughout the country. Yeah. And you saw yourself being the next Bill. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And how does Bill identify you? I'm uh, pretty sure he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Gotcha. Okay. He doesn't know I exist. So you saw Bill. You yes. saw what Bill was doing. You're like, I can do that. I can be that. And this is this is the method to do it. So I'm going to run down this path as hard as I can and figure out how I hit this hole as hard as I can. And I'm going to go crush this piece of it. And and you took that route. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so you're doing that, and then you, you know you mentioned that that you you left North Carolina and you went to California. Why California? Where did you go? Uh, what was in California? What 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 drew you there? So I had to stop along the way, but I, you know, I, I started out in, in Boone, North Carolina in this multi-level marketing and then uh, ended up uh, going to Wisconsin, back to Wisconsin where my dad lived, lived in my dad's basement. Um, my, my, what they call your sponsor or upline, he was so successful, he was gonna come help me be successful in Wisconsin. Uh, and he was so successful, he actually lived in my basement with me, uh, or lived in my dad's basement with me. That's right. how, that, that should have been a clue that maybe he wasn't <laughs> as successful as I thought. Uh, but, you know, I was, uh, I was believing. I was believing the dream for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so then, then I ended up moving out to California because I had an opportunity to work with a, with a different guy who uh, I thought was more successful. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned early on that your mom and dad were, 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 were separated. So yeah. you came from Wisconsin to North Carolina with mom. And dad stayed in Wisconsin? Correct, yep. So so grew up your formative years kind of with mom and then said, hey, okay, I'm getting out of school. I'm going to go back to Wisconsin, spend some time with dad. How was that transition? Well, I think my mom was ready for a break or something for me after I dropped out of college to sell weight loss pills and water filters. She's like, okay, so my son's at college. He's playing football, but he's going to give all that up to go sell weight loss pills and water filters. Right. So she was probably ready for a break for me for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, so that's where I went. And were you new? Were you new with dad at that point? I mean, like, was dad was dad involved through this time, or is this kind of a, a new relationship you're fostering? Like, how, how does that how does that work? Yeah, my dad and I were really close, even yeah. though I didn't live with him. Um, you know, I spent the summers in Wisconsin, and uh, funny, we were both as parents. Uh, my I, it was not too long ago, my stepmother was telling me about the summers and I would come in like a hurricane, you know, because she had a daughter, but uh, not a son. And I was like, you know what, now that I have children, my mom got the whole summer off from her son. Yeah. I bet she really enjoyed her summers. And my stepmom was like, I bet she did. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, so I had a great relationship with my father. And uh, so I was, I was glad to be able to go, you know, spend some time, be around there and try yeah. to figure out my way. Yeah, what did, what did what did mom and dad do? What was their mom was a nurse? Yeah, so my mom was a nurse. Uh, my my father was a salesman, many different ways, mm-hmm. uh, many different businesses and stuff. And I remember young uh, during the summers, I would actually he was a, a traveling salesman, and he sold um, uh, like uh, packaging products and and uh, different things. And so I would go on like on sales calls, driving his car with him. And I saw him make a sales early in the morning, you know, do his hustle if you will, make some deals. And then he kind of like 
took the rest of the day off and like was around the house with me. And I was like, you know what? Try something to the sales thing because that freedom aspect of working hard, making your money, and then having some time freedom probably is where some of that kind of originated from for me. Yeah, only because I know you so well. Um, that piece of working so hard half a day or through the part of like that didn't come for you till way later in life though, right? Like you, <laughs> your work ethic is probably second to none. Um, you know, I remember working with you and getting emails at two o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, <laughs> working stuff through. So, so you may have seen it, but I don't know that you implemented until maybe after you had kids later down the road. Is my my assumption here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was it was always something to chase. Always something to hopefully get to it. And it's funny, like you know, you get to you you, you fortunately you have some success, and then you realize like, well. Maybe there's a little bit more, and then maybe there's a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I remember when when we met, and I didn't have children that, and uh, or shortly after, and uh, remember you telling me when I was getting ready to have uh, twin boys, like, hey, it's all going to change a little bit for you, and, yeah. it, and it sure did. Yeah, it's awesome. So dad's an example of how to hustle. Mom's taking care of you. You know, you got two two great parents, um, two different locations. You got a nice nice childhood growing up in a little little uh, un- non traditional way. Dad sets the bar and says, hey, look, hit some success, and you two can have, uh, you know, you can support the life you need, the kids you have, and also have some some time to, to enjoy, and that was kind of the, the, the pinnacle, or that was kind of the, the, the goal, maybe, or the first example of? Yeah, you know, interesting, in my house I grew up in, I had, I had a great stepfather, so I was very fortunate, I had a great, great two sets of parents, right. and my stepfather was a general contractor, a builder. And my mom worked in corporate America in nursing, and, and she she worked a lot. And and my stepfather, kind of same thing actually, in his own business, got up early, did what he had to do, and had some time freedom that my mom didn't have. And right. I remember I remember seeing my mom uh, not being real happy about that actually, yeah. and uh, some some uh, some moments that were a little tense around the house about you know how hard she was working and and he wasn't, and, and I was like, well, good for him. He has a business, I guess, you know, yeah. and he doesn't have to. Yeah, so all along you're kind of getting formed. You're 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 getting formed as a small child and seeing kind of what your lifestyle is, which I think is is interesting that you as a kid can kind of see that or at least even now recognize that back. Which, you know, we all know that we're forming our kids now, kind of wondering what right. they're what they're receiving from us. Um, so maybe there's some hope for us and our kids, right? Yeah, hopefully we don't screw it up too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So um, you mentioned that um, you know on the way to California, you had your eyes on the prize with a new mentor, a new program, a new kind of kind of thing to chase. What was that? Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, I mean, hey, who, California, you know, the, the place, good place to go, I guess. And, and, and so trying something new, I was, I was, uh, I was 20, uh, wasn't quite yet 21 yeah. and, uh, packed up my stuff and drove across country. And just, I think, you know, I, I love to get in different settings, you, you know, me kind of a lone wolf. I can give me a backpack, drop me off somewhere and I'll figure it out. So, yeah. um, just the new excitement of, of learning and discovery and working around some different people. Yeah, what part of California? Uh, Sacramento, actually. Beautiful place. Yeah, well, I, know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was fine. But I, so I, I went from Sacramento in September, I think, in '97, and then uh, I quickly moved to the Bay Area, and uh, where I proceeded to do some couch surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved around to about uh, five different cities, I think, in the Bay Area. Uh, and you know, keeping this was like when the dot com rage was going, and, sure. and money was just falling from the sky for everyone in tech. And here I am trying to sell weight loss and water filters, yeah. uh, and tell people they're going to get rich doing it. So it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's the transition out of that? Like, what what was the? You're, you're in California. You're couch surfing. At, at any point, are you 
Um, are you questioning where you're at? Are you questioning your decisions to sell or to be an entrepreneur? Like what, you know, you're, you're, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the, uh, the mentor coming and, and, and sharing a basement with you and yeah. looking back at that as kind of an eye opener. Like, it, are, are you, are you having any stress at this point, um, going down this entrepreneur journey? Are you, are you questioning college? Are you questioning the decisions you made or are you full steam ahead, just rocking and rolling? You know, I, I, I definitely, um, I definitely have some questions about like, because I wasn't, I wasn't having a lot of success. I mean, it was a financial struggle. I mean, at, at 20, 21 years old, like, you know, how much money do you really need? Uh, I, you know, I knew every different flavor of ramen very well and every dollar special at every, you know, fast food restaurant yeah. because, and even when we did make a little bit of money, we spent it uh, almost faster than we made it. So, um, you know, I was borrowing money from mom, bank of mom, and, and uh, you know, I, I knew, I got to a point where I, w- I was stressing her out and it was causing friction in our relationship. And, uh, I remember, I remember, I actually remember where, she, you know, she's paid my car payment. And she's like, this is the last one I'm paying. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I need to get my shit together here because, uh, you know, I can't, can't keep living off mom forever. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, cer- certainly. But, you know, I, I always believed that I was on the right path. Um, I always believed the good intentions. I believed that, you know, in, in time I would figure it out if I just kind of stayed the course. But uh, it certainly wasn't easy. I mean, I wanted to quit a lot, but I just, I just knew that eventually it would pay off. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as, as, a, as a college age student, you know, when you have your change of like a dollar six and you know you can get cheese on your, on your, on your burger at Jack in the Box, you're like, this is going to be a good night. That's right. You know? Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and moms, great. Yeah. Thank you, moms, right? That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, 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 you know, now, now you're getting cut off. Now you're getting cut off. You get a little more of a reality check, which I think a lot of us go through in our 20s of like, all right. You know, we're, 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 we're trying to find our way. We're trying to create our social life. We're trying to figure out who, who we are, what we believe in, what drives us, what we want to be. A lot of confusion in that, I think, is, is at least for me in my 20s and trying to, trying to dial that in. Even though I had success in sales early on, like I was selling computers and I hated it, making more money than all my friends, paying for all the parties, you know, doing all those things, but not really enjoying what I was doing. But, but, but understanding that this way of life, this hustle, this grind, of of um of putting deals together was what i enjoyed doing i just didn't like selling computers mm-hmm. um and early in my early 20s and trying to figure that piece out so so here you are you're you're couch surfing all these guys are making you know tons of money in this dot com dot com boom yeah. um and you're looking at yourself and and mom's cutting you off what's 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 going through your mind at that point well, you know, a big thing about about uh, the position I was in is like, you know, I was trying to make money myself and then I had a sales team of people who I had recruited and I was trying to, you know, and help them make money. And so when you're going through your own struggles uh, and, then, and then you're, you're seeing, you know, your team, so to speak, who, who've bought into what you've sold them, this dream of success, um, which, which is very similar, I think, to actually when you start a business and, and we have an idea, whether you're a restaurateur or whatever the business is, like, you know, it's, it's, it's probably easy to look at the guy, the business owner, yourself, you know, whoever it might be that has a business and be like, oh, they, they got it so easy or like, oh, it's all great. But, um, you know, I remember, I remember being like, people look at me like for the answers. I'm like, I, do you have the answers? <laughs> Cause I don't have the answers, but trying to act as if I did, because yeah. what else do you do? Right. You got to just keep trying to figure it out. Um, and then shortly after that, I moved to Arizona. Uh, there's an office opening up in Phoenix and same kind of situation. Uh, I, I heard of a guy, or I knew about this guy from Colorado that was moving, uh, Mark. Uh, he ended up being my best man in my way. You've actually met Mark before. Yep. 
And uh, I didn't know how much fun I would have working with Mark because Mark's a really fun guy. But, uh, but I knew he was successful. And again, you know, I just want to keep surrounding myself with people who had success and hope I could like pick up some things uh, that they were doing well and copy them. Yeah. So, I mean, look, you're, you're one of the most creative guys that I know in the sense of um, structuring deals, structuring opportunities. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't even want to use the word joke, but I call you like the crystal ball because I felt like during our time, you always had that next day. You always kind of knew what was coming and were able to lead, lead the team that you had built um, down the path of success. So, you know, when you're when you're trying to have those conversations with your down, downline guys, yeah. is that what they're called? When you're trying to have the conversation with these downline guys that maybe have given you money or bought a product or however that, that situation works, was that, was that, do you recognize that you have that creative piece? I mean, is that something you're self-aware of that, you, that, that you're a little more creative or a little more, um, I don't know, savvy, but just like you're, you're, you come at things at a lot different angle. Did you, do you recognize that in yourself? Do you see that today? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse for sure. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse, you know, which I think is, is pretty consistent with most people's skill sets. You know, it's a blessing and a curse in some ways. But And how, how, are, how are you seeing that as a curse? What, 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 what do you mean by that? Well, uh, like a friend Brian uh, has told me several times, like, Derek, you, you like to make things complicated just for the sport of it. And it just doesn't have to be that complicated just mm-hmm. to, like, entertain myself sometimes. So, right. like, you know, creativity is great. Um, but some of the best advice I've gotten is, like, you know, uh, keep, keep your business simple. Uh, you know, if, if you want creativity, if you want excitement, like, go jump out of a plane. But, like, you know, most successful businesses are very methodical and systematic. And, uh, you know, an entrepreneur can, can make their business too creative sometimes. And it's hard to follow. It's hard for your staff to follow. It's hard to duplicate. It's hard to scale. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's lots of things you can do for fun. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I mean, just, just you saying that. And I think uh, one of the things I love about our conversations, you say so many things that just ring true back. And, and, you know, you look at your own life or you look at your business and you look at how you structure everything. And it makes so much sense to you. But then you have to explain it and re-explain it and and kind of un- unravel this web of you know twists and turns that you think are going to make you stand out or make you different or kind of create your special sauce and 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 a lot of times you're right you know just making things a little simpler simpler yeah. uh, simplifying things yes. um, would, would 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 make life a little easier so so getting some of that creative juice getting that conversation that word track the you know getting the teams to follow you and to trust you and to, and to, to buy into what you're doing almost faking it until you're making it type deal. Sure. Um, uh, interesting time for you. Then you come to Arizona, you meet Mark. What are you guys pitching now? What's what's the next pitch? And, and are you still just focused on this on this multi-level deal? And is this is this your only thing you're seeing here? Or are you starting to you know read or, or see other opportunities that are starting to catch your eye? Like where are you at in time? Yeah, so so still in network marketing multi-level. Uh, that was about you know, late uh, 99, 2000. Uh, ended up uh, meeting my wife, Lisa, actually. Uh, so this is dates us here both a little bit, but um, we ran ads in the newspaper, uh, and that's how we recruit our sales reps. So when there used to be ads in newspapers or newspapers, much less. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so we used to run ads, and, and uh, uh, because we sold like health nutrition products and weight loss, we'd we'd uh, run these ads that were like fitness, you know, model types, and you know, work with an international marketing company to help sell these health products, and uh, you know, that's a nice benefit. Um, there was some. Uh, pretty good looking people that came in. So this girl walked in one day and, um, 
you know, uh, she's now my wife. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So she was the model, not you. Yes, that's right. That's, that's right. Nice. Not me, for sure. And so black and white photo of Lisa in a newspaper yeah, with, yeah. A, with a weight loss pill or some sort of... No, no, no. The, well, we read the ads in the paper to recruit salespeople. So it wasn't like she was trying to sell the products right. you know, through the ad or like that. But anyway, she walked in because uh, she answered the ad in the newspaper. Oh, no way. Yeah. So she sees your ad, she walks in, and you're like, hey. Yeah. I was like, I got an opportunity for you. <laughs> um, but, Let me uh, show you something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, actually, she, yeah, so it's funny. She actually answered the ad in the paper of uh, Beth, I think, who you know, my friend Beth as well uh, at one point maybe. But yeah, of anyway, so, um, yeah, and then she didn't get involved in the business. She didn't believe in my sales pitch. Uh, uh, if she was here, she would say she was probably quite uh, annoyed by me and turned off. And uh, uh, like two or three months later, she answered the ad in the paper again. And, <laughs> Uh, you know, me being the passive person I am, I'm like, you know, hey, you're still looking for a job? Like, you know, you ready to get started yet? Or are you going to keep looking for a job? And uh, anyway, she, she didn't sign up <laughs> either. It's so weird. I can't imagine why. Um, and uh, we ended up running into each other uh, randomly at a bar in Old Town, uh, Dos Gringos, if you remember that one, of course, in uh, yeah. Old Town, Scottsdale. And I think she said something to the fact like, does, you know, do most people think you're an asshole when they first meet you? It was something like that. And what was your answer? Uh, I was like, well, um, I thought to myself, like, I love this girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is going to be great. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, we're kind of off track there, what we're talking about. but uh, Yeah, but do yeah. most people think you're an asshole? Uh, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and why do you think that is? Is that part of the, is that part of the curse of this creative gene or... I mean, is it is it your your? I mean, you're one of the most driven people that I know. You're you're always thinking about new ways. You 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 you're a big heavy thinker or tall thinker or, or you know you like to get up above things. Do you think that that gets in your way sometimes with 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 personalities? Is that is that why that you may have rubbed her the wrong way? I mean, is it just you're just grinding so hard to get somewhere? Like, what what do you think triggers that? Well, I like to call it unpassionate. Passionate, yeah. <laughs> I'm passionate with an opinion. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I you know I, I tend to, to kind of beat to my own drum. I'm a contrarian. You know, I like to go the opposite way of where most people are going. Uh, it freaks me out to, to if everyone's running in, I want to run out, and vice versa. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know where that really comes from. But so I think I can be uh, probably polarizing to some degree with people because we're like. Like even when we started seven years ago building houses, um, someone said, um, Derek, you know, like when you go into these communities and you just start like knocking down houses and building new ones, you might want to like just like introduce yourself to the neighbors and like tell them what you're doing. And, and, and I'm thinking like, well, they don't care about what I'm doing. Like they don't even know who I am. They don't, they don't care. I'm just going and building a house. Yeah. It's going to be a good house. It's going to help their value. So not I'm helping them out. Yeah, I'm helping them, right? Or, or they should or, come say hi to me. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that really comes from that as much as it, it just is like, well, I'm just going to go do my thing, you know. Yeah. And I think you know, with success comes responsibility, and I, I've underestimated the importance of that. Um, I've just kind of gone and done stuff, and uh, the world doesn't know is like very receptive to that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. Uh, you know, the the uh, you your way of going the opposite of everything that's been going on for me coming to work with you in '08 um, was such a refreshing eye opener of like, wow, like if I can run a, if I can run a different path than everybody else, and 
um, find it, find an opportunity which you helped a lot of us learn how to do through the way. Um, it's both. It's 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 uh, it's worked very well for me um, since then, and I think that's one of your strong suits is just being able to see that you know that that, that different path that, that not everybody else has taken, and we'll we'll dive in a little bit more uh, here. But so so you're working with you're working with Mark, you're yeah. making the pitches. You now found you now found the, the girl of your dreams. Yeah. You guys are off and running, and you're still you're do, doing multi level. Still, what are you what, where are you at? What are you what are you selling? How's it going with Mark? Like what's where, where are we at now? Well, I was getting burned out. I mean, uh, I believed in the product for sure. Um, I, I really did. Um, I believed in, in entrepreneurism. I believed in being in sales and residual income. But I, I saw that the reality was that most people who were buying the ticket, uh, you know, weren't going to make it to the end of the show, so to speak. And that really started wearing on me, you know, because I, you know, I didn't want to like lead people down a path and then it not work out. And, you know, you take that on your, yourself, just like you do with probably, you know, employees and staff sure. and salespeople that you, we manage. So um, I, I, was, I was starting to get a little bit anxious. We actually, we went to uh, open office in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and I remember Lisa saying, she's like, um, I love you, but I'm going back to Phoenix. I hope you come soon. <laughs> and uh, so that was in 2001, just, just shortly after 9-11, actually. Um, and uh, um, I was doing so well at the time. I was, I was sleeping on an inflatable mattress and it had a slow leak in it. So uh, I don't know what time it was, but usually about halfway through the night. Yeah, slower, longer, shorter than eight hours, right? Shorter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, for sure, for sure. So I would like wake up in the middle of the night, like, okay, I'm like half on the floor now. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably start to figure out something to do differently than what I'm doing because this probably isn't working as well yeah. as I'd like it to. Yeah. And so I moved back to Phoenix and that was in 2002. And uh, um, I ended up going out to start looking at some real estate, saw some of those infomercials, late infomercials about no money down real estate, uh, bought a couple books, and uh, shortly after that, got my real estate license, and then we went. Yeah. Interesting. So who, what kind of books are you buying? You got particular authors you like to, you like to read up on, or what was, the, what was, the, what was, what was your entry into that? At, uh, at that time? Yeah. Well, so in network marketing, it was, you know, it's a lot of self-development, which I think is great about that business. Um, so I read Think and Grow Rich at 19 years old, How Would Friends and Influence People by Dale, you know, Dale Carnegie's book. Those are like two of the biggest, the, the, the first two books I read at, mm-hmm. at 19 or 20 years old. And uh, so just kind of working on your mind and getting your mindset right. Uh, but I think in uh, 2002, I, mean, I don't remember that. Sure. Uh, Carlton Sheets, I think is his name. He had like this no money down real estate program. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually ended up joining the uh, Azria Real Estate Investors Association and just started networking with some people that were doing transactions. And again, trying to find people that had success that I could learn from. Yeah. So 2001, 2002, we're talking 20 years ago, roughly. Um, it's crazy. These these guys in this room aren't even twenty years old. Or, yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> so um, so so you um, you you're now in real estate. You're you're you have this background in hustling and trying to put deals together and trying to recruit people to help you get to what you need. But you also have this strong understanding that there's people out there that can help you, mentor you, and kind of shorten the shorten the curve a little bit to help you get uh, up and running, right? Yeah. So what um, you're you're now in? You're not a traditional real estate agent ever. I'm assuming. No, no, and you're you're now going down the path of how am I going to invest in real estate, and how is that going to help me push my life forward and, and give the, the the residual income that you were looking for in the MLM? Um, how is that going to push me forward, and how is that going to how is that going to provide for me and my family moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and was there for you know I mean listen you know you and I got into distress short sale flips, you started building homes, I did a lot of you know remodels and and and. Um, 
uh, flips as well. And we've always kind of been in that real estate space. But, you know, I, I know I know over time what I've liked or what I've gone after or how I understand real estate has changed and evolved. Was there some sort of asset class or was there some sort of part of part of the, the, the location? What 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 was what were you looking at for like what was the direction? You know, what, what was what was grabbing your eye? What was grabbing your attention outside of just trying to put deals together? Like, what were you looking for? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always been in single family housing. And um, so I remember I went to uh, open house and I, I met my first broker there. And I was like, well, maybe I'd, maybe I'd sell real estate because, again, it was the sales aspect of it. But I really wanted to be I wanted to buy a house, fix it up and sell it. Uh, both my, my mom and my stepfather and then my, my father as well were doing that. So I kind of saw that growing up. Gotcha. And, you know, it's, it's nothing revolutionary, right? I mean, tons of people have done it. But uh, so I want I knew I wanted to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll get my license. I can find deals. I can list my own stuff. And that was really the premise behind getting my license. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I bought my first deal uh, off the MLS. I structured it where I got uh, uh, I negotiated $185,000 purchase. But I wrote the purchase contract for one ninety, and I got five thousand dollars cash back at closing. Um, so that was my first creative kind of financing deal. And I remember, um, so that we, so that this was uh, August. It's actually August second of two thousand and two uh, when I bought my first house. So eight and a half percent interest rate, um, and I think I needed like fifteen thousand dollars down at the time. Which uh, I was I was about fifteen thousand dollars short. Um, <laughs> so uh, my buddy Mark uh, he went to one of those uh, strip mall loan places, kind of uh, for like twenty seven percent interest, and borrowed fifteen grand, and that's how uh, we we got started and bought my first house. So help me understand. So so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here that when you wrote this contract for one ninety, there's some explanation to the seller. So you say, hey, uh, you're 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 asking one eighty five. I'm gonna give it to you. Um, or whatever yeah. the price was, right? And so, but I'm gonna write five grand over the top of that to get a little bit of cash back in my pocket. And now you're, you need $15,000 roughly to close on this deal. Are you going to a private money lender? Or are you going traditional route? How, how are you closing this deal? No, that, that was just a conventional financing uh, okay. loan at that time. You know, state income, state assets, whatever all that stuff was. Uh, no income verification, no Asset. Yeah. What are those Nina loans or whatever they call that? I don't know. Yeah. No income, no asset. Yeah. Yeah. No, no job, no nothing. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. Yeah. Actually, uh, interesting enough, my car got repoed three months before that, and uh, pretty much got evicted from our apartment we were renting. So. Yeah. Good time to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need a place to stay. That's right. Yeah. The car's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> so you're you're under contract to buy this deal somehow in the crazy finance like think like it's it's. What's wild to me, man, is that like during that time, what year is this, 2000? 2002. Okay, so I got in 04 doing lending, traditional lending is when I got into real estate. And I remember I was at the MGM Grand, Tony Robbins is putting on some sort of convention within a mortgage convention. I get a call, I go upstairs, I think it's Mandalay Bay. Which one did you can see the, the airport, Mandalay or MGM? I think so. Anyway. Maybe both. <laughs> yeah, and I'm standing, I'm looking at this strip and this guy goes, I. I, I flip cars for a living. I go, okay, great. He's like, I want to buy a house in Blackstaff, and I, I flip cars for a living. Okay, great. What about your income? You know, what about your assets? What about your, you know, uh, verification? He's like, well, I don't really have any of that. I don't have any. I can't prove my income because it's all cash. Um, I, I, I don't really have any down payment for this deal, um, but I, but I want to buy this house. And I remember ABC Mortgage funded that loan, 100% financing zero income uh, verification, zero asset verification, and gave this guy 100% funding on a deal. Like, 
Will that ever exist again? Oh, I mean, I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun part of the way up. Uh, yeah, a mess to clean up now. Yeah, um, I doubt it. Yeah, wild times, man. Wow. You know, com- coming in in my mid twenties and being able to sell that product. So coming out of out of selling computers, and then um, now I am, you know, toggling back and forth between refinance or purchase, depending on kind of what the market was doing. But having no clue that having no clue that this money was kind of fake and it wasn't yeah. wasn't real. And oh, this is how wealth is built, right? Like you put no money down, you buy a rental pro- you buy a rental property that's that's negative cash flow, um, and then in a few years you'll sell it for a profit, right? Yeah. Um, so so anyway, a little a little bit off track, but just yeah. a wild time as we look back and and kind of a self reflection of like kind of where we've been and where we're at today and kind of what's coming and. You know who knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but um, so so you buy this property, you put fifteen grand down, you get five back grand cash. How are you, how do you fix the house up? What do you do with it? Well, uh, so Mark and, and his girlfriend at the time, Amanda, moved in with Lisa and I, and uh, you know I, I, you know when you close on a loan, you usually have about forty five days or so if you time it right or however it was. So I was like, well. Uh, I think it was actually closer to 60. If you, if you close maybe on the first, then you can almost get 60 days for your first payment mm-hmm. or something. So I was like, well, I got 60 days to figure out how we're going to make this mortgage payment. And uh, even though they were going to help, none of us had jobs. Um, again, this was all a good idea at the time. Of course, way. yeah. yeah. So, that's how wealth is, wealth is created. That's right. That's, yeah. so, so jump and then pack your parachute on the way down. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I, we just started working on the house and, uh, uh, my, back to my, my mom, thank God, uh, Home Depot had a, had a credit card, uh, with no interest for like six months or 12 months, whatever it was. And I think we got like a $30,000 credit card for Home Depot, no payments, no interest. And away we went no to, to fix it up. Yeah. yeah. So, so you fix that house up, you sell it, you make a, make some money on it? No, actually, uh, didn't sell it. Uh, we tried to sell it. Didn't, didn't quite work out. Is this one still in the rental portfolio? Well, actually, uh, I think you may have sold it for me not too long ago. No, but, uh, um, no, but uh, it became a great rental for a long time. Yeah. Right. Do, barrel. Remember we were talking about property in Barrel? Yeah. VR, uh, yeah. A couple of years ago. 85028. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, all right. So now you now you got a few bucks. Now Mark's got a twenty seven percent loan. You got a, you got a credit card and you got a great rental. Did you live in the property ever? Oh yeah, yeah. We lived there for about a year. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. cool. So you're living in the property. You got a place to live. You know, got a place to live. Oh yeah, pool, palm trees. Oh yeah, you're I mean, balling. Yeah, wood, brown wood paneling on the walls. I mean, we painted that white though. Of course, of course yeah, yeah, cream, Swiss coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the brown paneling kind of like bled through a little bit. It's sure. great. Yeah. I call it vintage. <laughs> Pay extra for that. No doubt. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so so you get a little taste of it. At least you have a place to stay. Um, you and Mark are, are hustling. You're on the grind. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and you, you, you pull the trigger on another deal. You, you get a taste of this. It wasn't really a win, but you got a place to live, so maybe it is. What's wh- how are you? How do you keep driving in this thing? It doesn't feel like a you didn't go make a hundred grand on this deal. Like what's what what drives you to make that pull that trigger again? Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, home home equity line of credit. So uh, appraisal went up, values went up, market went up. I was able to access fifty thousand dollars home equity line of credit. Again, still without a job or income. <laughs> and uh, then we went and bought the second one. Uh, and uh, a guy you know, uh, Wally Hardy. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a listing agent on a foreclosure um, that I bought just down the street on North Lane. Yeah, eight five zero two eight. That's right. Yeah. yeah, get closer to the mountain. That's it. Yeah, yeah moving on, move up. on up. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you buy north, and then what happens? Um, same thing, you know, moved into it. I mean, the great thing about real estate, if you own an occupancy, you know, there's a great tax benefit if, if you live in it for two years, right? The first 250 is tax-free. If you're single, 500 if you're married. 
so yeah, so I, I just did again. We fixed up a house and uh, literally I remember um, that deal was pre-foreclosure and um, not knowing anything different, right? So the value of being naive and not being too smart because you can't kill your deals because you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. I remember I the, their loan was Washington Mutual. It was a short sale, but uh, this was in 2003. And I, I literally hand wrote the warranty deed. Had I met them at a bank, had them notarize it, and then I just recorded it myself. I, and uh, <laughs> because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. It's like well, I don't know why you need a title company or title insurance. Yeah, who needs um, to pay that? Yeah, who needs to do extra that? cost? Save, save on those fees. Yeah. So that was that deal. You stole that one? No, no, we sold that one. Yeah. And, uh, and we sold that one in uh, September of 2005. Gotcha. That worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're you're hucking a jive and you make a little bit of money on North and you're in this you're in this game now, right? Yeah. And um, are you starting to see? Are you starting to? Because what I'm trying to figure out is like, at what point in time do you do you start to find this? Like, you're obviously leveraging creative financing to some degree in the sense that hey, the banks were pretty loose with money. We all had access to it to some degree, but the the you know. The, the desire or the ability or the stupidity or the whatever to pull the trigger on a deal like that with no job, no experience in the deal. Like you're moving forward now and you're starting to see, okay, I can, I'm honing in on this a little bit. Like where, where's your head at? What's, 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 where are you at with this? Well, 2000, uh, probably around 2003 or early four, um, I met uh, a new couple guys from California, actually from the multi-level business who wanted to invest in Phoenix. And so I was just kind of like their point man on the ground here and find up deals. I would manage the rehab, remodel, and then help sell it. So it was the first time I got some capital partners. Well, first time it was early on, but got some capital partners, started doing some deals. And, um, uh, and then that's the time where I discovered the pre-foreclosure list. And uh, I met some people that were knocking on doors at pre-foreclosure. And uh, that's when my whole eyes opened up almost even bigger than when I saw the pyramid on the board about getting rich selling water filters. Right. It's like, okay, so you mean to tell me there's a list of people who can't pay their mortgage and the bank is going to sell and I can just go start talking to them and see if I can buy their house. Um, so anyway, so that's why I start, I just started knocking on doors with people in pre-foreclosure. And the guy I met gave me the list. I was like going to Mesa and Glendale all around. And I remember the first couple of times I went, I think I talked to one person. I don't know for sure, but I think it was in summer because I think I remember it being hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not doing this shit because people, I mean, people don't want to talk to me. I'm driving all the way around. I, don't, I didn't have a lot of money yet to, to pay for gas, really, and I was struggling. So I, so I was like, that's not for me. And uh, I don't know what it was, but maybe six months later or something, I, I stumbled across a subscription list that I could get myself. And I go, oh, I can actually get the list of homes like in my neighborhood, 85028. Mm-hmm. And so I just started knocking on doors around there. So... It's funny because I know you as, from our experience, you're you're the A five O one eight guy, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, that's yeah. that's how we kind of grinded together. Um, but at, at the the finding one little one little pocket to work or one area, um, that's always. I mean, I guess we're now starting that strategy to some degree, and we'll see kind of how that is for you now. But but was it that was out of convenience? That was out of hey, I know the streets. I don't have a lot of money to be spending or time. Like that was a strategic decision to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I, I don't know. It was just it was just convenient because it was right there. Yeah. You know, like let's not make it harder than it has to be. I'll just go like drive a couple streets over and knock on these people's door yeah. instead of going across the valley. So, so these these you're getting a list of people that are that are that are in pre foreclosure. 
there's a big red flag saying, hey, I need help, and you're knocking on a door, and what kind of response are you getting? I mean, you know, for the average man to walk up to a door and say, hey, listen, you know, knock, 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 yeah. I know you're about to lose your house, I'm Derek. Yeah. Like, how's, how's the feedback on that? What's what's the conversation like? What's what's your heart doing? How's your word track working in your head? Like, are you nervous about it? Are you are you trying to soften the blow? Like, what's what's it like walking up to that door? Well, we probably need to do another one of these for all that, because that, that was some crazy times. I mean, so that was in 2003, four. but you get everything. I mean, first of all, knocking up, walking someone's door and knocking on it, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then you're not really there to talk about something exciting. And then sometimes they knew that their house was going to auction. Sometimes they didn't because they hadn't been notified yet by the bank. Um, sometimes the wife answered and didn't know what was going on. So uh, sometimes people came to the house in all kinds of different mental states. Um, sometimes people came to the door clothed, unclothed, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. So it was uh, it was wild for sure. Yeah. And 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 so you're you're there to solve a problem for them. And and, and well, you're there. To, you're 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 going to solve a problem for them because they're going to lose their house, right. right? And so they they need an exit. At this point in the, at this point in, in in the run, is there equity in these deals? Yeah. Well, um, yes, and there was definitely short sales though as well okay. too because 2003, four, you know, the market was just taken off here in Phoenix. Okay. Um, so there's definitely some equity deals, but most of the deals I did early on were short sales. Oh, they were. Yeah. Okay. So 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 you get to the door, you have conversation, you guys come to terms on the on on, on the purchase. And, and are you negotiating your own short sales at that point? Yeah. You are? Yeah. yeah. So handwriting information sheets, what's your name, what's your social, what's your loan number? Yeah. Getting real close to these people. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're calling the banks and saying, hey, I'm, I'm the buyer on this deal. This, this house is going into a short sale. And you're negotiating with the bank now at this point as well. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so you come to an agreement with a, with a seller for $100,000. You present it to the bank. And what does the bank tell you? Well, I, I don't I mean, I... I'm trying to think back, like most of the first short sales I did were on junior, on second liens. Okay. Um, I remember knocking on this guy's doors on Rovine, and uh, he, had, he, I was like, hey, you know, my name's Derek, uh, just stopped by, talked about the house, you know, and you know, I might be interested in buying it. He's like, yeah, you do want to buy this. I'm like, well, what does this guy, <laughs> what does this guy know that I do yeah. you know, I mean, it's his house. And he's like, well, you know, I owe this much, and then I have a second mortgage, and then I have a third mortgage. I'm like, well, well, this sounds fun. <laughs> you know, this sounds creative, right? And so not knowing any different, um, I just kept talking to him, and I was able to short the third and the second, and then I wrapped the first mortgage and took it subject to. Yeah, you just gave me like a, like I'm starting to sweat when you said third mortgages because I hadn't, I, I totally forgot about trying to negotiate a first, a second, and a third until you said that and how brutal that is. Yeah. So, um, look, I'm just going to slow this down just a little bit because I think it's interesting um, when you're when you're talking about shorting and wrapping um, deals, and and for the average you know person listening, you know what does that mean? So so if, if you have a second and a third, what's what does a short mean for that? And what what what's the what's the the, the process or the consequence for the seller? Like what how, what do you have to do? I guess. Yeah. Well. Um I mean, you know, like what we did when we worked together in, in, in 08, 09, and 10 and whatnot in short sales is sometimes banks get over leveraged. And, um, you know, if the house value obviously dropped, right, then you, have to, you make an offer that's less than it's worth. And the bank has like a second position bank has to decide, OK, if it, I could take this offer or if the house goes to foreclosure, what is someone going to pay for it? usually a lot less than market value because they're investors, they're buying sight unseen in most cases. So the, the second lender is like, all right, well, you know, do I take my chances 
and, and risk getting totally wiped out, or should I take you know the bird in the hands ideal now? So yeah, what's wild? What's wild that when you know what I learned immediately with you is that like okay, so the first kind of dictates what's going on, right? That the first is going to dictate how much money they're willing to lose, yeah. and they're also going to dictate how much will how much money the second and the third are able to get. So I mean. We've seen deals where the second lender is at a hundred thousand dollars and they're getting two thousand oh, yeah. dollars to go away, yeah. and a third. I mean, they're getting pennies, and the 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 issue is is if the third or the second wants to protect their position, they have to take out any position ahead of them. Right. They have to cure that ahead of them yeah. and take it out. So they're really in a tough situation. So so when you go and you basically just for a, um, a hypothetical, you wipe the second and third out for two or three grand, and now there's debt on the property that you wrap, right? You're now taking, you're now saying, hey, keep that debt in place with the seller. The seller keeps the debt in place, you're gonna wrap that, pay the mortgage for them, and take ownership of the property, right? Yeah. How many of those have you done? Uh, I don't know, 100 or so. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you, if you don't have money, you know, or you don't wanna use your money, it's, it's yeah. Best to use someone else's. Yeah. yeah. And and you think, like, again, with the creativity of, of, of the way you think about things, like, you, you've been able to, to generate a lot of income for yourself and for a lot of people that work with you by being creative. And, and you know, it's an interesting position to be in to always kind of think about how am I going to stretch my dollar out when you don't have money and how am I going to stretch my dollar out when you do have money and, you know, not kind of succumbing to the fact, well, I can do it. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spend it, but I can do it. And how do I maintain that creative piece, right? So, so you know, there's a lot of guys that wish they could do 100 deals, let alone 100 creative deals like that, which I think is is interesting. Um, so, so when you're when you're wrapping these, when you wrap this deal or similar deals along the way, um, you're you're flipping, you're fixing up some of them and selling them. You're keeping some as rentals, um, yeah. or, or you had one strategy versus the other, or you're just you're just kind of hucking and jiving at this point. Yeah. So you know, kind of like the uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, rich dad, poor dad, the four different quadrants. You know, the the, the sole proprietor, the self-employed versus the person that actually has a business. Um, I was just a, a self-employed guy. You know, I'd given myself a job finding deals and. Um, as I started writing letters to homeowners and knocking on doors, uh, I was looking for properties to remodel, but what I found is there's a whole other world out there where you could source these deals for other investors called wholesale, as you know very well. Yeah. And um, uh, I remember, I remember uh, going, okay, do I want to remodel this? And calling someone and they said, hey, you know, I'll give you $10,000 if you'll sign me that contract, which I didn't really know what that meant. And they showed me, I'm like, okay, so I don't have to paint this house, I don't have to go to Home Depot, I don't have to get a loan, I could just make $10,000, okay. And so I just started finding more deals than I could remodel or wanted to. And uh, really in like probably late 04, early 05 is when I kind of stopped remodeling. A couple here and there, but sure. I, I started wholesaling. <clears throat> and um, and uh, that, was, that, was, that was good, yeah. that was good. So you're making your way through. Um, you're making your way through this. The, the market's the market's going up. Yep. And um, um, again, I, you know, from a from a from a traditional lending standpoint, um, you just see paper. You know, you see a refinance come in. You see a purchase price come in. You never really see the property. You don't know values are going up and down. You just get an appraisal, and it's one's in Mesa, one's in Scottsdale. One, you know, you, you have no idea really what's happening in the street. At least I didn't it, it, when I was doing it. Um, so I, I don't I don't really know what the market was doing 05, 06, 
when it's going up and you're still finding distress at this point? Sure, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there, there's always there's less of it, but yeah. you know, again, like literally, I think you could buy a property in 2005 and like in 60 days resell it for 20 or 30 grand more. Uh, so then, you know, you, you it's like you, you get a contract and like, well, this might not work today, but you know, give it a week or two and it might be a deal. Like I remember, like trash can deals was the joke, mm-hmm. um, where someone would call looking to buy something. Like, guy deals. Hold on, let me get the trash can. Yeah, this wasn't a deal last week, but maybe they want to buy it this week. And, like, yeah. literally that's what was happening during that time. Yeah, wild time. Wow. So so you're having good success. Um, um, you're, you're doing some remodeling. You're doing, you're doing wholesale. You're, you're providing opportunity for your, for your family at this point. Are you, are you stable on your feet? And you're like, hey, now, now I am who I am. Now I have direction. Now I have a pretty good idea of what I want to be or what excites me or I'm in a field or a price point. Like, where, where are you at mentally now that, now that you've kind of been making this journey from sugary water to you know, assigning yeah. deals and, and negotiating wraps? Like, you, it's a pretty, pretty far journey here. Where are you at now? Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, 2002, when I first got in, it was just whatever. 2003, I made a little bit of money. 2004, uh, I made almost a half a million. And 2005, I made a million bucks. So, like, it happened really fast for me. Right. And, you know, some of that was, a lot of that was wholesaling deals. A lot of that, I mean, I was doing some remodels. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so it all happened, like, sudden wealth out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, yeah, I guess out of nowhere, but I, I paid some dues along the way, maybe. Of course, yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, the market was good, and so then your buddies start saying, hey, what's going on in real estate, or what are you doing, and I want to do what you do, and I was like, no, you don't. You want to knock on doors, people in foreclosure in August in Arizona, and have them yell at you? Are you sure? Um, and uh, our good friend Brian, you know, was one of the first first guys who... Uh, uh, we met because he sold us uh, a Mercedes and uh, you know we I started bringing on people really in late 06 early 2007 um, to try and build a sales force again of people and try and get into that kind of B quadrant versus being a sole proprietor to actually that B quadrant to build some build some infrastructure yeah which is funny because this is where I start to come into to your sphere and it's funny because I also bought vehicles from from Brian yeah and um, you know, it was an interesting point in time. It must have been 07 we started working together because it was pretty early on when the market kind of topped out. But it was an interesting point, point in my life. And I don't know if you know the story, if I may have shared it with you, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm big swinging dick. You know, I'm driving Mercedes, I'm 29 years old. I'm not making a million bucks a year, but I think I'm you know, living in a $650,000 house and I got several rentals that are, that are not cash flowing, but I can sell them next year for 50 grand pops because <laughs> I got 0% down on my financing as well. Um, you know, just not understanding really how to invest in real estate. I just, it just was, oh, this is how, to me, this is how wealth is built because if the banks are giving this money out, it must be how smart people are doing it and why everybody's not doing it, I don't know, yeah. even though everybody was doing it, which is why the market was, was doing a lot of what it was doing. But so, um, so Brian, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting my teeth kicked in as the market starts to fall apart and A-paper borrowers, the ones that had the 20% down and had the 750 FICO scores, weren't able to get funding all of a sudden like a faucet was just turned off. And I remember walking somewhere with Brian. He's like, you got it. I got this guy, Derek. He's been buying cars for me. Like, he's an investor, and I'm going to go work with him, and you should come too. I'm like, what are you guys doing? He's like, we're doing short sell flips. I'm like, what's a short sell? Yeah. You know, I had no clue what a short sell was. And Brian's like, well, you know, you get the bank to take less. I'm like, how do you even get financing on that deal? Like, I'm trying to process this with what I know. And 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 he goes, listen, all you got to do is give Derek $2,500. <laughs> And it'll teach you how to do this. Yeah. So now we're back. Now Derek is making good money for himself. Mm-hmm. And now Derek still has this multi-level marketing gene in him. <laughs> right? 
And he's looking at guys like me who um, are trying to figure out life. And I think in 07 was an eye opener. And it's funny that we're here now talking about this particular point in time because maybe there's some similarities for what we're about to go into. For sure. Um, and I remember, I remember um, Tracy and I, my kid's mom, were, were going our separate ways. Chris Lewis, who you know it was well, um, got me a con, got me a two bedroom, two bath condo at Central and Northern. Um, my mom gave me a thousand bucks for the deposit. Chris bought me three hundred sixty-seven dollars worth of groceries at Costco, and I took my clothes with me. And I had a two bedroom condo with no furniture, no kids' clothes, no plates, and a, and a, a fresh start as a dad with a mortgage business that went went to zero. Yeah. And and when Brian says, "Hey, all you got to do is give Derek twenty five hundred bucks," I'm like, "Man." That's all I have, you know, and how am I going to do this? And I remember uh, pushing off on it and thinking things are going to be okay. And then, and then biting the bullet with, 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 with coming on board with you guys and, um, and signing up to, to the, to the program. And when I came to you, you already had, you, you, you had already had um, some success as, with a team, you know, you had Beth was working there, Mark was working there, Brian. Um, you were also doing some stuff in Vegas. You, I remember, I remember flying to Vegas to to help you sell information. Maybe is that what we were doing? Well, we did, yeah, trainings. Yeah, we did some trainings. Trainings. For that mentorship program, right? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that, okay, so we're, tr we're we're doing training on how people can spend twenty five hundred bucks <laughs> to be mentored by Derek, right? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, I think we we're doing trainings actually on how to actually do real estate transactions. Okay. But, but it was it was people who would join. So I, I totally forgot that whole portion of our <laughs> chapters together, you know? Uh, so, um, yeah, we should use that to, in a, somehow. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. We will, we will. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Right, Lex? Yeah. Apparently I'm going to be writing a check back to you, maybe. <laughs> you already like, did. Yeah, okay. You gave me my check back. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oh, good. And I'm, at the time, at the time you told me, and I don't know if this is true, you can, you can be honest today, yeah. you told me I was the only person out of 252 people to get the check back. True or false? I, I have to say I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody else get their money back? Um, not I don't remember. I don't remember. But why did I Let give me it? have that story. Why did I give it back to you? I mean, I'm taking it because I hustled hard for you, man. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I've, that was a hard I, check for you to write. I know. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I benefited in many different ways uh, from all the deals we did. So. Yeah. I'm sure. So, um, so now, now you, now you're twisting up a little bit. So now you've, you've made, you've made great money doing real estate. You've struggled through this multi-level piece, but obviously there's something about that that you like, and maybe that's where this creativity and tying things up and, and making, uh, you know, a complex structure went. Because what we were doing, you, I don't know if you invented, I'm sure you didn't invent the whole process to it, but we had a very complex structure on how we did deals. Um, based on 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 how to how to how to tie these short sales up, negotiate them, and then and then resell them. Um, so you you now are building a team up now, and, and you have a nice office space at eight five zero one eight. And hey, there's plenty of there's plenty of deals to be had right here. It's a great zip code. It's always going to bounce back. Was was you know bounce back quicker. Um, you know was a lot of things that that that, that I remember you 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 sharing with us. Um, and what's it like now to go from you know selling water filtration systems and weight loss pills and trying to get guys to, to buy into that to now you've made you've made money for yourself i remember the, the first house that we met um and was a was a great house for a young guy to be in it was it was a for me it was like wow like this this guy's getting after it um and you know so so you, you know you, you you've been able to set you and lisa up um and and now you have this team which look there's a lot of guys that on that team that are still doing good business today yeah. um you're able to recruit some really good some really good talent at that time and i and i'd love to hear your, your thoughts on how you were able to acquire that talent but what's it like having that team now and now trying to go back to 
to teach and replicate what you did and, and then also have success doing that? Well, I, I think that's what I, it's what I always had hoped for in the multi-level marketing. It's what I believed in my heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's like finding good people who have desire, who are driven, who are teachable, um, sharing with them what you've learned that people have shared with you. Um, and because I believed in it so much because it had worked for me, there was no selling. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I don't really think I am a really good salesperson, but when I have conviction, I mean, I'm, I, I'm as good as they come, I think, you know, mm-hmm. about it. And so, because you, you have that belief in it. And when I, when I don't believe in it, I'm terrible, you know, yeah. I just don't believe in it. So I think, you know, going out and saying, okay, I'm going to recruit some guys, I'm going to bring some guys in and teach them what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I kind of was looking for that next phase of growth um, and, and how to do through teaching others. Um, and uh, before, you know, we, we were catching the tail end of that market up of six, of seven. And I, you probably remember this, but I remember being in Colorado with Mark and we were selling um, prepaid foreclosure leasebacks to investors. And these investors were getting 100% financing. And they had a tenant in place and they had a lease paid for a year. So it was a great deal. And um, great deal of time. And I remember it was like fall of uh, 07, you know, or something or summer or whatever. And, uh, and state income went away. And I was like, well, there goes that business. And I met an attorney shortly after. And that's when I learned about the short sale flips. So, you know, you're always, you're always open for ideas. You're always right. looking like who, you know, who's doing what and what are they doing and, and, and trying to learn. But yeah, I mean, having, having a group of, of, of guys, some of which were my friends before, some of which became my friends, mm-hmm. and, you know, like us, is, and making money and seeing, like I always tell you this, I mean, I, I was in the right place at the right time, took advantage of it, uh, capitalized on it, but I was able to attract a lot of great people uh, because the market was down on people. Uh, such yourself, and I, and I think you know as we sit here in 2020, uh, we're we're going to see that same thing. Yeah, it's going to be yeah interesting time to see some great talent come through, some great opportunities with, with within this distress for sure coming. Um, how many states were you operating in? Um, you know, I, th- I think we were in probably like seven or eight at that time, um, something like that. Yeah, so you're in seven or eight states. My recollection is I think you had 250 people at one point sign up for the mentoring program. Maybe 25 or 30 of us were really out hustling and getting after it. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right. Yeah. So what was some of the struggles? I mean, you're, you're like, I'm scared to death to leave Phoenix and go do a deal um, and try to learn new markets and contracts and, and regulations and so forth. What was it like trying to manage, you know, 250 people that think they, they deserve all the time that you have, uh, 25 people that probably deserve more than the other guys, um, trying to underwrite deals, trying to underwrite strategy, trying to trying to trying to manage those personality types in different different areas. Like, what was that like for you? Uh, it was fun. <laughs> was it fun for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it was. I mean, I, I think uh, again, the the growth and the, the excitement of the growth and and trying to figure out you know what's next and 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 I don't know, just trying to discover new ways of doing it. I mean. Uh, you know, some some people obviously didn't do anything with with the information that they got, and some others made you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing these deals. But it, it was a crazy time because in '08 and '09 uh, we did about 300 short sale flips, and it was a time where things were going really well for us, and you almost felt bad because you knew a lot of people were struggling. So I think just just being able to to have a team of people that were believing in what we were doing, working hard to make it happen. Uh, I don't know, it was, it was very rewarding. But again, it's like, you don't know any different. Like I had never gone to Oregon and tried to buy real estate. So why wouldn't I go to Oregon and try and buy real estate? Yeah. I had no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, because um, I, 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 we were across from the coffee shop, right? Hava yeah. Java, right? Yeah, 32nd and Canada. Yeah. And I remember we, 
for whatever reason, it, it's it's flip-flops and shorts, right? And we'd walk over to Hava Java, and I remember that we were making money during that time when, when like you said, a lot of people weren't, and a lot of real estate agents were um, uh, not making money as well, right? We, we went from this, this big uptick to distress, and it was an interesting time of like, like, hey, like I'm, I'm proud that I'm making money. I'm proud that I've, that I've, that I'm able to, to, to find a way to earn money in this deal. But also, you know, we took a lot of heat from the traditional real estate agents because we weren't traditional real estate agents. And matter of fact, we weren't even real estate agents. <laughs> um, but it was an interesting time, and 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 trying to 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 to, to learn that. Um, you, you said in that short period of time, we did 300 transactions. That's that's not right. Yeah. So. Um, you're, we get through that time, you, you, you create some good relationships, you're up in seven states, things started changing with the banks, regulations started changing, you know, it got more and more complicated to kind of, kind of you know, navigate this waters. Real estate agents who didn't want to put, to collect financial documentation, you know, didn't want to not get paid on both sides of a deal, started coming back in doing short sales, and you made a shift. Right. And, and, and you decided, hey, everybody's going to get licensed and we're going to go with a traditional brokerage at this point. Right. Yeah. What what was what was the thought process behind that? Well, you, you know, a couple things. A, you're right. We took a lot of heat, you know, and I, I think um, we had a lot of inquiries, a lot of questions. Uh, I learned a lot of things about myself. I didn't even know were true from what I heard people saying about yeah. us. Um, you know, there, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's tons of distress in the, in the financial markets. And, um, you know, you had these banks that were just operating like the wild, wild west, just trying to be reactive to what was going on. Uh, I, re I remember being on the phone uh, when we got shut down as a buyer with Countrywide, who they said they wouldn't approve any short sales by our company. And I remember having the audacity to call a loss mitigator, head of loss mitigation for Countrywide and be like, why can't I buy, your ha why can't I buy houses with your loans? And he's like, well, we just don't know what you're doing, Derek, and so we're just not going to approve any. And I had the audacity to say, well, I'm just going to start another entity and just submit offers <laughs> under their name instead. Yeah. Because you, that's, you know, you just figure out what to do next. But I think what happened is the market was, was, was shifting and, and they came out with things where, you know, we were flipping these short sales. Everything was disclosed. Uh, everything was, it was in black and white in the contracts. Um, but people felt like we were getting over on someone because there were such losses by these banks. And even though we weren't, we were just coming in and buying the properties. You know, we didn't make the loans and we didn't borrow the money. Um, I think I just kind of saw the writing on the wall. We had a really good run. Um, I believe that you don't have to be wrong to, to be wrong, maybe. And uh, I really didn't want to be made an example of. So yeah. I said, you know what? Let's go into, let's start buying some of these short sales and remodeling them. And that's what we did in 2010. Yeah. And so, and so just to, just to, to, to kind of wrap this little sec, this little piece up, but like we were, we were simply going through finding properties in distress, buying homeowners more time in the property with that and, and educating them on not depleting their 401ks and their credit cards and everything else, buying them time in their property, negotiating a deal with, with the lender to get a buy, and then reselling it to an end buyer who could come and show up to our property and close in 30 days like a traditional transaction when eight of the other 10 properties had to be, what is the bank gonna accept? How long is it gonna take for them to approve it? Will they approve it or not? And and because of that, because it was so different, um, 
it did create a lot of it did create a lot of havoc for all of us uh, in the sense that it just people just didn't understand. And I think that's a big testament that like I have a similar story with GMAC putting my name on a, on a on a piece of paper saying you can never buy you can never buy a house from us again either. And it's like we're doing that much volume, and you guys like to 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 to, to get a letter with your name on it. Like I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, made it, <laughs> made it. Yeah. Um, so so. Look, so so you're you're now making a shift. Um, you know, you you obviously had a good run at that. You're the, the the entity that you were doing that with. You 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 shifted. You went to a traditional brokerage. What's what's a guy like you doing with a traditional brokerage? Well, I, th- I think that the the goal at the time was like, okay, hey guys, like the, the market is is changing. Uh, you know, whether we should have had licenses or not. I mean, I did, but most of you guys didn't. Uh, you know, I think we were operating within within the statutes, but you know, it's like. It was certainly edgy, uh, to mm-hmm. say the least. So like, hey, let, let, we're gonna go. We're all brokering deals. So let's go out and let's start brokering some deals. And so that's when we shifted to the traditional model uh, of, uh, of real estate. Yeah. So um, so how, how long were you doing that? <clears throat> um, not too long. I, I, I probably uh, 2010, 11, 12, 13. So about three three years probably. Yeah. And you're building a team of traditional real estate agents, which was. Which was interesting to me. That's about the time where you and I ended our our run together. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't want to buy into that that change at that point. Right. Um, I still wanted to kind of keep running the grind. Did a little bit something different, um, but I just it was it was hard for me to swallow. Like, hey, all these traditional real estate agents are are running our names, shooting arrows at us. What we used to say, shooting arrows yeah. at us all the time. And 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 now you have to go build a team of these guys. Um, it was an interesting interesting kind of dichotomy, I guess, for me to watch you do that. Um, so, so you, you put three years into that and then at some point you, you make a shift, right? Like what's, well, we, we started, you know, so, so that there's a brokerage side cause we had agents that were finding deals and helping us sell deals. But really, I mean, that wasn't making me any money. The money I was making was because we started remodeling houses in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so we raised capital, uh, we're buying bank owned foreclosure, short sales, and we were remodeling, uh, cosmetic remodels. Uh, and then selling them to end users in the market. So we did that 10, 11, and 12. Right. Uh, and then in 13 is when we started developing and building new construction. So you're, you're using the brokerage as a lead generation tool. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so you got X amount of agents running the streets, creating relationships, bringing opportunity to your database and saying, okay, I'll take that deal as I will buy that deal. Right. Right. And so they're, they're now your lead gen tool. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, so so a lot of a lot of stuffs going on. One thing we kind of passed over, and, and you touched on earlier, was just the the you know you and I you and I and another guy that we worked with at the time. We had a conversation around the water cooler. You were having kids coming, and I mean, listen, you're still an intense guy. I mean, you're one of the most intense people I know. Um, you know, and that's why I was I was halfway joking about you know the asshole comment earlier because you're just you're so in, you're so intense that. If people aren't running that speed, or the, it, it's my experience with you working with you, if you're not running that speed, you're going to get ran over because Derek's going fucking 150 miles an hour, you know, and 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 um, but you 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 know I was I was a little bit ahead of you as far as having having kids, and um, you know I remember telling you like hey when you when you when these kids come with you know you and Lisa were having kids when these kids come, it's going to have a different effect on you as a human as a person. And it's interesting, you know, not too long ago, you and I were talking and, and, and you'd mentioned like, hey, look, you know, what's important to me is being coaching my kids in football. What's, what's important to me is the bicycle rides and going to the beach with my kids. Like, it's a different Derek today. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, because shortly after you had your kids, you and I kind of went our, went, our, went our ways for a little bit, you know, business-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and inevitably, I think in our, in our worlds, like, we're either working together or we're 
you know, or we're not, you know, yeah. and it just is just kind of that one track of like getting after something. Um, what, what was that effect at that point? I mean, you know, did you, did you recognize it as soon as the kids were born? Did it take a little bit of time? Like, like obviously you've transitioned, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a very involved dad. I mean, what, early on did that happen or is this, you know, as you're, as you're, as you're working through the, the broker's model, like, I mean, is, is your work life starting to change? Because again, man, like, you know, I would see you at the office six, seven, eight o'clock at night and, and, and we'd go home and then I'd be getting emails from you at two or three o'clock in the morning. Like it was nonstop relentless. Like you're, you're not, you're still in, is an intense guy, but you're a little softer when it comes around now. So like what, when did that start to happen or do you recognize that happening? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> do you know? Um, uh, well, um, I, I, you know, I think kids change, change all of us, or they, or they bring out maybe, um, they bring out things in us that, that maybe were overshadowed by other things. And, um, you know, we want to, I try and live a very intentional life, uh, and, and, and focused life. And, and, um, you know, this is a, this isn't a dress rehearsal, as they say, right? You know, you get one shot, I guess, depends on what you believe in. But, um, so I, I don't know, my, my kids, I mean, are, I mean, as you know, I mean, they're just amazing. And I think, uh, I was fortunate to have some success, and I, and I came off a really good run of in 08, 09, and, uh, and and continued on. So when I had kids, I um, I remember someone telling me when we got a night night nanny for our twins, uh, you know, oh, it's so nice if you do that for your wife. I'm like, my wife? I did it for myself, you know. Um, but uh, you know, so we, we were fortunate to to be able to do some of those things, and um, so I was able to kind of. Take some, take my foot off the gas a little bit to, to spend that time with, mm-hmm. with, with the children, uh, with the babies uh, at that time, and because uh, that's why I want to be, I want to be around them as much as I could. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, so look, man, you, you've you shared that you've had some, you know, uh, you were couch surfing and and you know evicted and uh, of your apartment and, and lost the car and and then you have this this incredible run over. It probably didn't seem, in retrospect, a short, relatively short period of time, but there's probably a lot of, you know, a lot of challenges and struggles along the way. We come through 0809, um, I think in 10, I think the last day of 2010, was that, was that the, like, was it the last day of the year, like, hey, let's get licensed and get this brokerage? It was something like that, I remember, but. 09, well, maybe we, we maybe coasted was for it a little nine? while through, but I mean, 2000, in the 2009 is when I started the brokerage. Yeah, so was, maybe it was the end of 2010, we kept running a little bit. No, it was 09. yeah, 09 was it. So I came with you for seven days, but I think we figured out it was like 18 months. Okay. Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember it being like, um, you know, towards the end of the year, um, it was going to make this transition and, and, um, and, uh, you know, me, me, me transitioning as well. And so, so far during this time, like I said, I'm well aware of the arrows you took, but it was success along the way. And you did, you were out in front and you did take a lot of heat for all of us. Um, you know, and part of it is because, you, you know, you were the strategy of the mind and, 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 you know, crafted this for us and gave us these tools to make this money, which, which, which puts you in, in the crosshairs. But then you're in the brokerage piece that they're doing lead generator, doing lead generation for you. You're still doing remodels. Um, I know you sold the brokerage at any point. Are you having stress or struggles at this point yet? Or, I mean, are we, are we still on this, this crazy, uh, you know, uptick or, or are we hitting any, any kind of hurdles at this point yet? Well, I, I think from a from a real estate standpoint, um, you know, I think we were, we were we were lucky to transition to the remodels, and and you know the the market kind of found its bottom, I believe, in, in somewhere in two thousand ten or eleven. I don't know what the actual statistic sure. is, uh, but but uh, you know, so remodels were good. You know, people were trying to find their way in the world again in real estate, and uh, we we you know we kind of took off and running in, in that matter and. Uh, they're really good, actually. The, the remodels were really good at that time, um, and uh, so then when I when I started getting developed in 2013, um, that kind of world changed a lot. And, and uh, but 
um, you know, I, I, uh, um, I had, I had, um, I guess this was in, it was probably in 2013. Um, I had, a, a, a got served with a lawsuit from some, from some salespeople that, that worked uh, with us and we had a compensation dispute, uh, over a, a bonus structure. And, um, I mean, it was, it was a big awakening in my life, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, cause you feel like, you know, you know, like, you know, you, right. And you know what your intentions are and you know why you did what you did. And, and, and sometimes, you know, for the, for the good or for the bad, right. If you can be true with yourself. Sure. And this was a moment in my life where everything I did, um, I did it for the right reason. And I did it out of, uh, because I cared because I wanted to do the right thing. Um, I learned that your intentions when it comes to legal proceedings don't really matter. Uh, what matters is what you documented. And uh, so, I, so I went through this, this, this time period of uh, feeling like I was under siege by being attacked um, uh, through, this, through this financial lawsuit that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. Um, challenged my marriage, uh, stressed me out, stressed my business out. And, um, but, you know, I look at that today, I'm able to look at that today to say, you know, why did that happen for me? And what did I learn out of that? And, and I'm, I'm happy to say that it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. It was, it was devastating financially. Uh, it was a seven figure lesson for me. Um, I try and laugh that not everyone gets to to say they went to that conference of losing a million dollars in a lawsuit, but, uh, I actually uh, got, got to say that, you know, and I didn't get a t-shirt. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm fortunate for that because I think it prepared me in so many ways and woke me up to uh, what really was important. Because when things aren't going well and, and you kind of equate your, your how good your life is or your success to success or financial success, when you get challenged by that, you, you have to look within and you have to do work to say, you know, like what really is important to me and what really is working well because how I've defined myself isn't working well at the moment. So um, lots of growth came from that for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I know that, um, at least my perspective of it is, I feel, I feel some commonalities in the sense that like, I mentioned it earlier, but like, you know, we're just, we have our, we have our head down, we're grinding, we're trying to work, and, and inevitably you're pulling the people that are closest to you. Um, and you brought a lot of your friends in from the past. And, and I think, you know, you know, a lot of us became tight during the, during our times together, right? Yeah. Like, you know, our 18 months together was, was a good run. We've maintained a friendship, but you know, inevitably we kind of do our own things and, and, and we stay in contact, but you've always kind of been tight with the crew you had. So that had to be a tough, I, I would imagine it was a tough mental piece for you to have your business, your business life kind of mix with your friendship life. And then now, now this thing is kind of on its head a little bit, right? Like that's probably a mentally challenging spot from a a couple different angles. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that they say like, don't mix mix, uh, business with pleasure or whatever the saying is. And, and, uh, you know, I, I certainly, uh, those lines crossed through most of my life, starting from multi-level. I had a lot of friends that were involved in that with me and then in real estate. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was certainly a challenge. Uh, you know, you, you feel all the emotions, the victim emotions of feeling like you're betrayed or you're being sure. wronged. And, um, you know, if, if you choose, which I choose to now do is, is choose the path of ultimate responsibility is like, you know, well, how did I create this? You know, and not, not in like a judgment, like what did I do wrong necessarily, but what did I, how did I create this? How did this happen? And you know, what, what do I want to learn and what do I want to do differently moving forward? Because there's no reason to to kind of look back with regret or judgment about it. Um, It's more about just learning from it. Um, So that's what I chose to do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, listen, man, I think that's one of the, one of the great things about life as we get, as we, kind of evolve as human beings is like we do create 
what's around us and in the life that we live and, and and being able to take responsibility for our part of anything is the only way we can learn and, and I guess process it out because you really can't control anything else besides yourself and how you act or react so um, you know definitely had some of those moments myself not yeah. not at the cost that you had but <laughs> emotionally yeah um, so so now now you're transitioning out of that you've gone through some hard lessons um, you know because I know you as a human being and I, and I and I see you as a dad and as a husband, um, I'm sure it was a challenge with, with, with Lisa and, and even staying present with the boys when, when, when all this is, is heavy is going on. Did that, did that, and you mentioned there were some struggles. I mean, obviously, you know, there's some stresses there. There were some struggles with the relationship, but did it inevitably, or did it, did it strengthen the bond with, with, with you and your family and kind of, and kind of uh, you know, reinforce how important that was to you and just kind of be another, another you know, kind of notch of like, all right, I have, I've created these two little lives with this woman and I have this piece over here that's solid and stable and loves me regardless of what's going on out here and regardless of what they're saying about Derek here, I get to come home to this. Like, was, it, was, there, some, was there some wins in that aspect as well? Um, you know, I think now looking back, I mean, I, I think... Um, there, there's things you've, you've built on and learned, but there, there's also, um, you know, in, in, uh, in, in my, my personal relationship, like you know, in anyone's personal relationship, like things are going to happen. And, and like you said, how do you react to them? And, uh, you know, a buddy of mine uh, is, is challenged right now in his relationship. And he's like, oh, you know, I wonder if she'll change or I wonder if she'll think I'll change. And I'm like, you know, it's, I don't know if it's really about changing. It's more about understanding mm-hmm. and acceptance and, and, and being aware of, of what is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, trauma or events that lead to trauma can connect people, and, and that vulnerability around that. Uh, um, you know, Brene Brown's one of the favorites about vulnerability, and that true connection happens in those moments. So um, it binds people together. You know, I think I think we're all very resilient people. Uh, human beings are resilient, and. Uh, you know, you, you can look back at things that happen in your life and like, man, that was crazy. Like, how did I get through that? Right. Right. And, and, and those are, that was, that was one of the biggest moments for me in my life. Like thinking back to like, how did I get through those times? But during, during it, right. You know, you're like, well, I have a choice. I either get through it or I don't. And I, I'd rather get through it. So, um, but yeah, today I, I think, you know, as, as a couple, uh, uh, as, as parents together, as husband and wife, you know, we, we look at that and. It's probably a little bit of PTSD, PTSD uh, that we have, you know, and, and, and question about some of our judgments and our decisions. So there's still some stuff that we work on as a couple for sure, sure. today. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that I admire about you, too, is you're always looking to improve. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a good, that's a good trait to have, right? Yeah. So, so now you've, you've, you've made millions of dollars. You've, you've bought hundreds of homes. Um, you've helped countless number of, of investors get their start um, and, and create the ability to earn money for themselves. And I, and I think that's a pretty strong legacy from, from, my, from my, my vantage point of it, of, of, of uh, you know, regardless of the, you know, the time of the market or whatever else, like you, you were able to, to, to generate a lot, of, a lot of income and a lot of um, ability to earn for a lot of people. And now you got your teeth kicked in a little bit and we sell the brokerage. And we're off to doing some development, right? Yeah. What what triggered what triggered an investor entrepreneur 
to go become a contractor? Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, uh, actually. Um, well, I, I, I think <laughs> this is where that creativity can, can be accursed a little bit. So, so it was a natural progression kind of very organically to go from um, paint carpet remodels as we call them. We did like a, a master bedroom addition, uh, leave one wall up to then ground up to then land assemblage. But uh, in 13, we're like, okay, well, we don't have to just be the investor developer. We can also start a general contracting business. And that way we can save money and we can do it faster and we can do it better. And uh, more isn't always more, it turns out, seven years later. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I ventured in out of the investment business and actually into a uh, manufacturing business, if you will, in the sense of hiring people with processes and systems to not just do a sales transaction or investment of an acquisition and disposition, but actually manage like budgets and purchasing and insurance and uh, quality craftsmanship and warranty and all the things that happen in the crazy construction business out there. So um, yeah, I, I think it came from just trying to trying to control more probably right. and, and thinking that more was more. Right, you love control. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably too yeah. much. Yeah, so you built 180 homes in seven years, yeah. right? Uh, learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, and uh, I just want to back up real quick. When you're, when you're owning the brokerage and you're still putting deals together, um, you're still leveraging creative, creative financing throughout the way on that. Um, yes? No? Or are you um, more traditional? Yeah, we, we got more traditional at that point, yeah. I would say, because the market, you know, prices were so cheap and, and, and there's cheap money and then there's investors' capital that want to be in the market. So there wasn't a whole lot of, because uh, uh, most stuff had, had gone to clearing prices, most assets. So mm -hmm. they had to like get washed out through foreclosure or bank owned property. So you weren't really taking over anyone's mortgage because they're all under, right. uh, over water or underwater. Yeah. So is this the first time you're, you're out actively trying to raise money or to bring other other capital in during that time? Yeah. I mean, I did a little bit earlier on the, in the remasters with one person, but in 2000 and, and really 11 and 12 is when uh, we raised about five million bucks of equity, mm -hmm. and then we leveraged that um, with with some debt financing to about 15 million. Gotcha. Um, and uh, yeah. So you got 15 15 million to play with. You play with that. You worked through that, now you're developing. And are you having fun in, in the seven year period, at least with the structuring of deals, acquiring assemblages, putting that type of deal together? Like what what what, what got you up in the morning to go build 180 homes? Like what was the drive for you there? Well, I'm not sure that was a plan, by the way, starting <laughs> off, you know? It's like you start down a path with an intention and, and things kind of just build on each other. Um, so uh, our, our goal, I never thought we'd be developing land and doing subdivisions. Uh, I remember uh, talking to my father before he passed and I was standing in the cul-de-sac of a 21 home subdivision that we had built and we just paved the, the cul-de-sac and I just remember talking to him and being like, how did I get here? Like, how did this happen again? Like, and, and I had some incredible people on my staff and, and I had um, um, some, some not so incredible people probably in, in yeah. certain ways on my staff that, that helped make that happen. But um, but yeah, so no, it, w it was a good journey. I mean, look, I mean, the how you start and how you finish are really important. And I think, you know, I, I get to drive by homes in Phoenix, Arizona for the rest of my life talking about, you know, our team built these houses where families are living and having life experiences, laughing, crying, celebrating, sorrowing, all those things that happen. And so there's a real, there's a real emotional attachment that happens when you, when you remodel a house for someone sure. or when you build a house and create spaces. So 
I love that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. So, so you're 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 building homes, and your dad passes away. Is that a is that is that sudden, or was there kind of a run up to that? And what was the effect on you? I know you, you mentioned earlier you were close with dad. Like, yeah. how how did that how did that shake down? Yeah. Well, that, that was another one of my awakenings in a, in a short period of time. Um, so yeah. So my, my father passed suddenly. You know, in the middle of the night, I talked to him one afternoon, wow. and, and 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 then the night he he passed from heart failure. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, in my, my, you know, I, as I said, I didn't, I didn't grow up with my father. He grew up in, in, or I grew up in North Carolina. My dad was in Wisconsin. Right. And so, uh, shortly after we had our boys, um, he and him and my stepmom had moved out to Arizona. Um, and, and I kind of look at it as like, it was a chance to like grow up through my kids, sure. you know, with my father. And, uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, so, so he was retired and, and, uh, really, really living life to the fullest, just enjoying every moment of it, and um, not extravagantly by any means, sure. but just really embracing the, the I would say, um, being happy just sitting on the porch, being happy right. just watching his grandkids, being happy just, I don't think he ever wore pants one day he lived in Arizona, coming from Wisconsin, sure. right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was devastating for so many different reasons to have that sudden passing, and, yeah. and I remember... At the time, my dad died and being devastated and just my whole world being rocked out of nowhere on top of being a three-year lawsuit and all this other stuff that was going on in my life. I remember um, I went to uh, this yoga spin studio called the Madison. I remember talking to this girl at the time, and she said, hey, I'm sorry to hear about your father. And she said, you know, my mother is terminally ill, and we just found out that my sister is pregnant, but we feel we don't want to tell my mom because she won't make it. And I remember hearing that and saying, gosh, you know, no matter what the pain, we all have pain in different ways. And, you know, would I want my father to die slow death? Absolutely not. You know, would I want him to die quickly? No, I wouldn't that either. But like, there is, there is no better when it comes to that. And we all, we all have pain. And it just made me realize that like, really brought out a lot of like empathy to be more compassionate for people because no matter what we make it look like on the outside, we're all dealing with shit. You know, sure. we all have our bag of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say that my compassion and empathy for humans uh, prior to some of these awakenings probably wasn't as high uh, as, it, as it could have. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how, how moments in time will define us as humans and, and we can choose to ultimately make us a better human or go down a path of why me, right? right. And so, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so, so here we are, you're, 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 you're done building homes. Um, I'm, I'm winding that up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you are, you are in the midst of a change of a economy again, Mm -hmm. and you've figured out a way to make money when the, when the economy was, was good. You figured out a way to make money and crush it when the economy wasn't good. And now we're having a shift here again. And now you have a chance to reset and pivot once again and figure out what, what your next steps are going to be. What are you, what, and what's going to be interesting now is if we listen, listen to back to this, this podcast in 18 months or 24 months and you've already been anointed the crystal ball, what's coming? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I'm fortunate, you know, you're fortunate to be sometimes better lucky than you are good. And, and for whatever the reason was, which we go into a different time maybe, but, you know, my business about 18 months ago wasn't really working the way I would have liked it to. And for a number of different reasons, you know, I mean, I think in business, you know, you kind of stay small 
or you, you get big and then there's that middle space, which is like death. Mm-hmm. And I kind of found myself there where, you know, my revenue was growing and my business was growing, my units were growing and people were like, everyone was like, oh my gosh, I see all your houses, they're awesome. And that felt good, it felt good to do, yeah. build things. But like internally, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, am I killing myself here? And for the sake of what? You know, should I just be building, you know, four houses a year instead of 24 houses a year? So anyway, so I, so I said, you know what? I woke up one day, <laughs> I woke up one day, but I, but I looked at my overhead. In between my, my staff, my office, my, my debt carry on all my development loans, it, it was almost $400,000 a month. So I said to myself, you know, so I have to make 400 grand before I see a dollar. I'm not quite sure this is a good idea anymore. <laughs> and, and, and I started kind of scaling back my business almost to 18 to 24 months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, given what's going on in the world now, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that, that, that I started that path because um, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously almost completely out of the general contracting business right. uh, and, and, and focusing to, to be in something new now. So what, what's happening was your question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, still trying to, I'm still trying to swallow having $400,000 in overhead. And thank God I don't, but also thank God you don't now as we go into this next period of time, right? Absolutely. So what what is it, Derek? Tell us the answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, good, good question. You know, I, I called you, right? You know, I'm calling lots of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be, there, there, there's already been a lot of disruption, unfortunately, in our economy throughout the world. Um, and, and I think... You know, early on, my, my capital partner, a really good friend of mine over the years, he's, he's a financial wizard, I would say, uh, and, and he kind of tipped me off, if you will, to like, hey, um, I think this is going to get really bad. Um, we're going to be okay health-wise. There are going to be people that die, but I think the economy is going to be get, become tanked. And this was uh, beginning of March. Sure. And um, so I, I think as far as what's happening next, you know, what's going to happen in the market, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there's going to be disruption. Uh, I think a lot of us in, in Arizona have said, well, we had low, low, low supply and, and we're going to go back there. And I think most people are kind of kind of moving to like, hey, we might not just go back so quick and snap back like a rubber band. Um, it, it happened fast. You know, it's like we got fat in a day, but we're not going to get skinny in a day. Right. And, and it's going to take a while to get skinny. Um, and um, so I don't know, you know, I, I, there's going to be opportunities to buy assets on sale. Um, there's going to be opportunities to kind of probably work out some, some uh, debt positions for some people. Um, but I think at the end of the day, just like in 08, 09 for us, even though property values were dropping, there were still transactions happening, but they're at 50, 60% lower than what they're happening two years earlier. Right. And I'm not suggesting that's going to happen again. But I think whoever can figure out how to kind of unlock unlock properties that people either don't want to sell or that are in financially bad situations and bring them to market, um, they'll make money. But they'll be at lower price points. You know, that's my thought. Yeah. And what's uh, what's going to drive you this next, you know, 12, 18, 24 months? Like, you know, is it is it the, uh, you know, the art of getting back into doing some deals? Is it the... Um, you know, the prospect of acquiring assets at a discount that are going to create long-term wealth for you? Um, is it just not having 400 grand a month in, in a payment that you have to, to stroke and, and enjoying kind of that freedom? Like, what's going to what's gonna drive you um, uh, as you push forward? 
Well, certainly trying, you know, doing something different or doing something differently, maybe. Um, so, you know, seven years is a long time for me. Um, development is a long, you know, there's a, it's a long uh, process uh, where wholesaling and flipping, uh, buying notes and flipping notes and flipping properties, uh, you know, you can, you can get out in and out pretty quickly in that. Yeah. Um, so I probably missed some of that, uh, that action, if you will. Yeah. Um, I know that... Um, I want to do it differently this time. I know I want to be more collaborative with uh, uh, complementary talent. People have you know similar skill sets, different skill sets, sure. and um, uh, so yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> look. I, I'm sitting across the table from right now, saying, "Hey, I'm winding down a business of seven years that went on for seven years in a in, a, in an economic crash and a pandemic, and I don't know how I'm going to make money actually." Yeah. So uh, I, I imagine you know, like I am now with my kids and how I was as a kid before going on that roller coaster, like I'm excited and scared a little bit all yeah. at the same time. So there's that nervous energy. Um, but you know, there's there's so much opportunity comes from from disruption. I really believe that. Uh, you said this before that, you know, when, when people are stressed financially, um, it, it, it brings out the best, can bring out the best in people because it can make you like pay attention, think, and sometimes when we're making money, we can get stupid, you know, we can get comfortable, relaxed, we don't pay attention as much. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years and the creativity and, and, and the new businesses and the new technologies. Um, so I think it's going to be some exciting times. It's going to be bumpy and it's going to be unfortunate. Uh, there's going to be some real loss and some trauma that's going to happen to people as a result of the financial loss. But um, I'm excited to get back into the acquisition game and, and, and asset game and, yeah. and find some good opportunities. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so as we wind this down, um, Derek Jar in 20, 30 years from now, his kids are grown. He's the guy on the porch with no pants on. I'm assuming <laughs> Dad was wearing some shorts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So, so Derek's on the porch. He's on the swing. He's got the boys out front, and maybe, maybe more, maybe less, or maybe more kids, or maybe not. But you're 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 sitting on the porch, and you're looking back at your life, and you're looking back at all the things, all the lives you've touched. All the money you've made, the, the stories you, you you you've earned, um, and you look back at this legacy, and you and that legacy is what? Yeah, it's good. What's what's that show? A couple of times. Do you remember um, Jerry Maguire? Remember he's on Jerry Maguire, and the guy interviewed him. He's like, you're not going to get me this time, right? He's like, Jerry, he keeps crying, right? Uh, it's close. Uh, you know, um, gosh, I I think. Um, I think I want to. I want. I want more people to be able to say, "Hey, you know, uh, I learned something from me and that guy, or, or I'm a better person in a certain way from me and that guy." That guy was able to share something with me that maybe I wasn't thinking about at the time, and and help me kind of form a, a perspective that was helpful to them and beneficial mm -hmm. to them. Um, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated with the way the human mind works and the, and the potential of it and the capacity to to create and overcome and. and um, so I don't know. I, I think uh, I think hopefully that people are just saying, "Hey, you know, I'm a little bit better for knowing that guy." Um, it's probably probably something I hope that people can say. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that too. I mean, I, for for me, you know, it's it's an interesting um, uh, set of circumstances how we met, and then being able to. I remember getting the office right outside of yours intentionally because I could listen in and hear your stories and, and, and hear you have conversations with the other reps that were there, conversations with outside sources, and then to watch a handful of guys leave, um, leave, separate from you, and then have success. Um, we talked about Brian. I feel you know I feel good about what I've been able to accomplish you know, coming from you, and there's a couple other guys as well. 
Um, and so to me, like I'm proud, I, I'm proud to be able to come from, from the tree of Derek Jarr, if you will. And it's a drive for me that, that I want other guys as well to, to kind of keep that tree going. And, 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 and I'm excited for some of these young guys that I've been able to have work under me. And, and some of them have taken steps out of the office now and they're, they're trying their hand at, at sometimes the same thing I'm doing, sometimes a little bit different twist or a different piece. But um, I, I think you are, I think you have set that for a lot of guys. And I think it's going to be interesting to see as you continue to hustle and grind and, 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 and push forward, um, you know, and constantly evolve that, that, that more people have that ability to get that from you. So I appreciate you. And I thank you for, for sitting on this podcast and, and giving me your time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right, brother, thank you.